Okay, good morning, church. Um, privileged to be able to speak once again in Amokyo Methodist. Earlier on in November, we conducted a workshop. For, for those of you who do not know me, my name is Wallace. I'm a medical technologist, full-time at work, yet full-time ministering for Christ. Right? So I worship at Great Assembly, and that's a picture of me and my wife and our beautiful baby daughter that's just born one and a half months, baby Ileana. So for the ministry, um, well, in before pre-COVID times, we were doing massive outreaches in Orchard area. There were divine appointments, testimonies after testimonies, stories after stories. It's pretty amazing. You know, but ever since COVID comes in, right, then the ministry probably has to be on a halt for a while. But then in this message, I'm probably going to share with you other ways of reaching out, even despite of the COVID-19 situation. So uh, let me go through a bit more about myself. And there's a copy of the book that I've written over here. It's quite amazing, you know, you've got QR codes to just scan the video and the video goes to your phone. And a summary of the evangelism series that I do, the preachings, in fact, today is just one of them. And there's equipping, there's follow-up, there's discipleship. And if you have a copy of a book, you have just this application worksheets right at the corner of it. So do grab a copy from the church if you wish to place an order. And furthermore, you know, before COVID, we were just blading with a purpose and we're like jogging around, reaching out to people around the area and we go door to door reaching out. So that's the ministry that uh, God has placed in our hearts. But in this moment, at this time, I'm going to unpack for you from the scriptures in Acts chapter 8, verse 26 to 40, Philip and the Utopian. So if you are with me, turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 8, verse 26, reading from the NIV version, verse 26. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way, he met an utopian Eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Candice, queen of the Utopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Verse 30, then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what are you reading? Philip asked. How can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture that Eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The Yunach asked Philip, Tell me please, who is this prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with the very passage of scripture and told him the good news of Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the Yunach said, Look, here is water. What can stand in my way, in the way of my being baptized? Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. The Yunach answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the Eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the Eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotos and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Let's pray. Father, I come to you this morning and I pray that the word of God preached forth will never return void. I ask only that you use me as a willing servant, hide me behind the shadow of the cross and your glory be manifested through your word. May your glory be so clear from the scriptures that the people can understand 
from your word, what it means to reach out, what are the ways to bring the gospel out, what are the creative ways, what are the the unlimited measures that the gospel can still be preached in such a time like this. So I ask to open up the eyes of your people that they may see you through the scriptures. I pray and commit all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so uh, so many things to share with you. Let's start from the utopian, okay? Verse 26, you can see that um, it's a desert road that the utopian is taking right from, you know, from Jerusalem to Gaza. It's a small strip. And we see that the utopian, the background of it is a very important official, super VIP in charge of all the treasuries, Gentile, Yunach, traveling from Jerusalem to worship. And you see it's a sequel of the word. It's reading Isaiah 53. And uh, we see that in the desert road, you see, I just show you some pictures of this harsh terrain. You know, it's dry, it's dusty, it's like, it feels alone, you know, and if I'm a utopian, I just desire to be connected. But the amazing thing, you see, the point I'm trying to say is that um, despite of all these factors, right? So you see that Utopia Unites is a Gentile that's really important. And you see the location is like super ulu, you know, it's somewhere in the desert road. And then it's a defect, you see, uh, this is important because you read it even from the Old Testament in Deuteronomy 23. Right, verse 1, no one who has been emasculated by crushing or cutting may enter the assemblies of God. And even in Leviticus 21, you see, those who have a defect cannot even come near. So despite of all these barriers, the utopian still got saved. They still received salvation. And there's evidence of it, you see. And we're going to talk about it a bit more. So there's evidence of rejoicing. There's evidence of uh, the the Yunash even desiring to be baptized. So it's quite amazing. So if you see from Psalms 33, you know, from heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on earth. Second Chronicles 16, for the eyes of the Lord ranges throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. So I'm going to just stop here a while and go a little bit into detail about the evidence of salvation. So right from First John, you know, uh, this is extremely crucial. Now, I've seen many people who just, uh, you know, say the sinner's prayer and then they just continue on their life as if nothing has happened. But that's not true. If you are a genuine believer, if you have received Him as Lord and Savior, these are the five evidences. Right? I uh, can't have time to explain in detail. That's a separate discipleship series that I conduct. But as a summary, right, from First John 1, you see the first step, First evidence is that you are walking in light as a style of life in every area. That means that you know you're not just a Sunday Christian. Every single moment, right away from Monday to Saturday and Sundays, right, you are behaving as a believer. Your lifestyle, your gesture, your actions, your deeds, your love is all exemplifying Christ. Secondly, is that you recognize sin and you confess it. Now, this is really important. And for those of people who claims to be Christians and they are very evident of sin and yet they do not take note of it and do not desire to repent, there is something wrong. You know? So the evidence of salvation has to be clear. I'll give, you a, I'll give you an example. An apple tree can only produce apples, right? An orange tree produces orange. You can't have an apple tree producing orange fruits. It doesn't make sense. So when you abide in Christ, you will produce fruits that are consistent with the Word of God. Thirdly, a new relationship with God's commands. Okay, the commands that you once hate, now you love. You know, and the sin that you once love, and now you hate. So there is a desire. And fourthly, the desire to become like Jesus. And fifthly, inner sanctification. The passing from darkness into light. You know, and how much do you love the brethren? There's a lot of details in this discipleship series. But the point I'm trying to say is that the evidence of salvation, the evidence of repentance, the evidence of faith is a change. 
and changing life. If the moment you receive Christ, you are repenting of your sins and you will continue to repent for the rest of your life until you meet Christ face to face or until He comes back. So is there evidence of salvation in you? As what Paul Washer says, the evidence of salvation is a continual desire for the Father. Look at scriptures throughout. It's just very clear. Luke 19, Zacchaeus, the tax collector, you know, he just gives back four times the amount. John chapter 4, Samaritan lady, he just traveled the whole village to tell about Christ. Acts chapter 2, the message that Peter preached cuts the heart of people. Acts 16, Paul and Silas, when the prisoner, the jailer was being baptized, right? And then he changed his attitude. There's this genuine change in his inner heart. That's the evidence. And we're going to cover more in the workshop if there's an opportunity furthermore uh, down the down um, down the months. So I just want to share the point I'm trying to say right at the start. Um, on 13th of March, I remember I was uh, jogging for purpose. This was just before the COVID-19 started. You know, I think it's a beginning phase. You know? So we were running and we were having some precautions, speaking at a little bit of a distance. And then we met this uh, this lady, young adult. She's studying in Hua Chong, you know, just sitting down there by herself. And it's quite amazing. We were just talking to her. Uh, we we realized that you know she's been to church a few times. You know she's going through a transition, which course to take. And then so we shared about Jesus Christ being a shepherd that guides. You know, and then we just go on and we start to unveil more and more of the gospel. And at the end of it, we pass a track. And then this uh, simple hope from uh, Daily Bread series. You know, and then uh, it was getting dark, and so we gave her a lift from uh, the, the the place that we have, a lower pierce, and all the way to MacRitchie Reservoir. And then while in the car, I just passed her a New Testament Bible and just say a prayer for her. And then I, I know I've never got to see her again. And then one month later, amazing things that she texts my wife in saying that she actually came to begin her journey of walking with the Lord. You know, so how amazing it is. You know, So the thing that I've learned is that even though I may forget about the contact, you know, but God never forgets. God never forgets. You know. So the point is, see, the application behind each scripture when preaching of the God's word, how is the word transforming your life? How does it change the way? Is there any effect in the manner of how you're, how you're going through this series, your actions, your desire? You know? So the application point behind scripture is that no obstacle, physical defect, race, geographical remoteness can place a person beyond the saving call of the good news. And the second application is examine the evidence of salvation. That's my desire. You know? When I preach the Word of God, so I desire not just a theoretical knowledge, but an application to the Word of God that brings the Word to truth and the applied truth changes your life to move in the manner of the ways of the Lord and according to the laws and scriptures. That's the desire of, of preaching. And so I've got another two more applications. So let's go on. Right In the life of Philip, we see, uh, well, this is just one of my favorites, you know. I just love Philip. He's like a deacon in Acts chapter 6 and he has his own ministry. He's a very pronounced evangelist, uh, thriving ministry in Samaria. We've got, you know, um, healing, deliverance and all kinds of miraculous signs. And then suddenly God just came and just, just told Philip, you know, summer Philip, why don't you just drop your ministry and go to this wilderness place and talk to this eunuch. It's like, if I were Philip, it's like, what's going on? You know, it's like, I don't understand. But you see, despite that little info, but complete trust in God, Philip sets off. And that's what I call obedience. Sometimes we know that 99% obedience is still not obedience. It's 100% or nothing. See, but because of the obedience of Philip, you know, it's amazing, you know, there's salvation to this utopian unage, you know. So I'm going to give an example of a contact lens. So any of you wear contact lens? Yeah, I'm sure some of you wear it. So imagine if a traveler that wears a contact lens and, and goes up to the mountains, you know, just travels all the way up around 5 a.m., 6 a.m., and then when the sun rises, he realizes, hey, oh no, 
my contact actually dropped, you know. So it was like, ah, oh, it's feeling sad, it's feeling upset. And it's like, oh no, what's going to happen, you know. So we just prayed and then uh, asked a lot for help. And then five minutes later, someone from below said, hey, did anyone drop a contact lens? You know, so, huh? Then it was a bit shocked. I said, what? Oh, yeah, me, me. So the guy brought up contact lens, you know, worship sailing, and then he enjoyed the sunrise. And then he was like, wow. At the end of it, he asked the person, hey, hey, so how, huh? How did you manage to find the contact lens? You know? So the person at the bottom was like, oh, no, I was just taking a break. And then I noticed that on the leaf, there was this two lens that were moving. And then the ends was actually moving the lens. You know, it's quite amazing, you know. And then it's like, you know, that's how I found it, you know. So God must have commanded the ends to move the lens. And if I were the ends, it's like, oh, Lord, I do not know why you asked me to carry this. It's silly. I can't eat it. But let your will be done, not mine. You know? And because of the obedience of the ends, the contact lens was found. Right? And similarly, you know, because of the obedience of Philip, the utopian leader got saved, right? And God has a helicopter view. And this amazing macro view from God is that this, this, this unage that got saved and then brought the faith back to Africa, you know, and because of Philip's obedience, the gospel reached Africa. Wow. So that's, a, that's a, the second application point is what is God's purpose for your life? Right? Ephesians 2.10 talks that we are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which He has created in advance for us to do. So you see, every one of us has a purpose. You know, are you obedient to that purpose? Secondly, are you willing to be fully obedient even if it doesn't make sense? Like These special caps, like, even if it doesn't make sense. You know? So right from the start, before I got caught into doing all this, I was just reading a book by Francis Chan in a Japanese restaurant and then God spoke to me in my heart and said, Wallace, I want you to rollerblade and reach out. I was like, huh? doesn't make sense, you know, I haven't go through any Evangelism 101 course. There's no like Evangelism Made Simple workshop, you know. So I just, out of obedience, just faith, and put on my blades, you know, at the time I was having an injured left knee, and I was just desiring to just, you know, change exercise from running to blading, and then from then on, I started to blade and enjoy blading. And so what, when I put on my blades and went to Bishan Park and started to blade, you know, I was like so freaked out, you know, I see everybody, it's like so scary, I, I bladed once, and then, wow, so fierce, I siam, you know, the blade that one, so fierce, siam, siam the whole night. And I was thinking, you know, how can it be possible? Like, I knew God spoke to me. So uh, finally, I just, 9 p.m., I was just, okay, let's give it a last try. There was this lady jogger. The lady joggers are um, stopped beside me and just having a rest. I was like, oh, okay, man, you know, what kind of confusion could possibly happen? I just took a track and I just uh, got up whatever guts I have. And I said, hi, just want to share with you about this track. It's about who God is and I don't know what to say. So I just share my testimony. And then this lady was like, okay, listening to me. Halfway through, she was just crying. I was like, whoa, whoa, what's going on, you know? And then I got her to sit down and I just began to share more and more about how God changed my life. And then this lady was like telling her, telling me that she's having this vacuum in her heart and she wants to receive Jesus. She wants to begin with walking with Christ. I was like, okay. I prayed for her, a simple prayer, and then brought her to church, refer her to the sisters. And then at the end of it, I was like, wow, God. Like that also can, you know, from then on, boom, every single weekend I was blading. This was before COVID times. I was blading, reaching out in Bishan Park, you know, and then God just opens up the floodgates, you know, sharing my testimonies, reaching out, preaching, and then how I even wrote this book. And then from the book sales, you know, the doors of the ministry were just open. It all started with that single step of obedience. What about you? What is God speaking to you today? Thirdly, Philip, Oh, this is probably one of my uh, best part in which in explaining, you know. Firstly, look at Philip, you know, the heart of Philip, the evangelism spirit behind him. You know. So three points I want to mention here. Firstly, it's the word of God in verse 35. Then Philip began with the very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus, right? And which is the passage of scripture? Isaiah 53. 
Right. Can you imagine that, you know, if someone comes to you and say, hey, you know, hi, you know, uh, brother, sister, no, I'm, re- I'm reading this, this, I read somewhere, you know, God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, you know, and, and then you ask, you know, where is it from? Uh, and then if you don't know that it's John 3.16, right, something must be wrong, right? Something is seriously wrong. So the question is that, you know, do you know the word of God? Do you know the scriptures that point to Christ? Right over there, I just uh, written a few testimonies, uh, a few Old Testament scriptures from Genesis all the way to Zechariah and there's so much more. But the question is, do you know the gospel? Do you know the real gospel that leads to the change of life? So I'm going to pause here. I'm going to mention certain things that are important because in the outreach, there are many people that just for the sake of numbers, for the sake of just getting uh, you know, people being safe, but without a gospel that's being preached correctly, they say, hey, come and believe in Jesus, you know, all your sickness and disease will be gone, you know, just believe in Jesus, all your problems will be gone, you know what, if you believe in Jesus, right, He's going to bless you, He's going to bless you and make you rich, you know, so all these false gospels, is wrong, right, you see in Galatians 1, very dangerous, if you preach a gospel that is not the correct one, you're going to be eternally condemned, and the Bible mentions it twice, remember, God is not a vending machine. He is the Almighty God, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and He's not your mate. He is God, and you are not. So I'm going to spend a bit more time. This is really important, okay? What exactly is the gospel that should be preached? Right? I would have ex- a lot of time, you know, I'm going to expound this a lot in the workshops, but it's a lot on the screen, I know, I know. It's an online recording, you can always just take a picture of it, but what is the gospel we read from Colossians chapter 1? Verse 21, see, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. So do you recognize that, you know, there's sin in your life in accordance to the law, the standard, you know, is there repentance being preached? Is there repentance being preached? What is repentance? Repentance means you're saying no to your own ways and you're saying yes, I'm going to have a 180 degrees turn from my old and wicked ways and I'm going to follow God's way, regardless of how I feel about it, because His law is now subject to my heart. That is repentance. And in verse 22, and now He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in His sight without blemish and free from accusation. So you got to mention things about while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And this is huge, right? Christ died for our sins. You know, according to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, He raised up on the third day. And then it, about salvation by grace through faith. So in your process of reaching out, you, sometimes you cannot tell in one setting, but you can go through a series of follow-ups. But I believe very strongly that the whole gospel must be preached before a person makes a decision. Before a person makes a decision. And we continue, verse 23, if you continue in your faith, establish and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. It's very clear. If you continue in your faith, it's not just a one-time thing. There's a continuation and you establish and you do not waver. You know. It's a continual action of working out a salvation with fear and trembling, Philippians 2. And then in Christ, there's a new creation. You know, is that continual desire for the Father? All these things must be mentioned in any approach before a person makes a, a radical decision to accept Christ. So what is the gospel? And so Paul says very clearly, verse 23, this is the gospel that you have heard and has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, has become a servant. So have you preached the correct gospel? So many times the gospel is being preached and it's just incorrect. You've got people coming in from the front door of the church and you just leave in the back door once this trouble and persecution comes in. The word of God that's sown is just taken away by the devil. What's the point? It's not a number game. I'm interested in building real converts. 
for the establishment of the kingdom of God. And so I remember when I was preaching a Good Friday message in one of the one of the churches, and right. So this this probably take me like an hour, probably even more, and it probably give me six hours, and I cannot even finish expounding because Christ is so amazing. The beauty, the majesty, the glory, the splendor, and the holiness, and everything has to be mentioned. It cannot omit all these things. It's amazing. But two things that I can leave with you, if you were to speak to someone, is that I am a great sinner and Christ is a great Savior. This point has to be established because if you cannot recognize that you are a great sinner, you will never be able to appreciate how Christ is such a great Savior. This is important. I am a great sinner. I'm a great sinner. Existence of God, you know, is that man's accountability, God's judgment on man, and then Christ coming down to save the perfect sacrifice, the divine exchange. Oh man, this is huge. Just give me an hour, two hours, and I still cannot finish preaching about it. The greatest love of Christ. And then your response. What is your response after this? That's important, okay? Coming down to the next point, a willing vessel. You see from verse 29, the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. So, so do you think it's possible that you just sit in the pulpit and say, God, you know, I'm, going to, I'm just going to stand here and I'm waiting for someone to come and ask me about, uh, about who Jesus is? Very rare. In fact, very rare. Right? There is a part where you must connect with people. There must be a proximity with people. You must know the entry point. Right? When you're with people, when you're conversing with your colleagues, what are they going through? If they're going through loneliness and you preach Christ as a friend, you're lonely. Right? If they're going through worry, you preach Christ as a shalom peace. If they're seeking direction, you preach Christ as the shepherd. You preach Christ in accordance to the person's needs and then they will come to find out more. But you have to understand what is the person's needs. Are you close enough? Are you in proximity with the person? Right? That's important. So we know Jesus prayed, you know, Send us to the world. John 20, you know, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. So get out of your comfort zone and reach out the gospel to the people around you. And thirdly, you see, thirdly, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's leading and empowerment. So what's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? Is it for you to say that, oh, I'm safe. I've got the Holy Spirit in you. I'm safe so I can like pray in tongues. You know, is that all? We find the answers from Acts chapter 1 verse 8 but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you shall be my witnesses. What's a witness? You know, is this spectator? Down there, sit down there, eye power, no? You shall be my witness. That means you stand and you testify about the love of Christ. You testify about Jesus, starting from Jerusalem, your hometown, before you go out to the ends of the world. I gave you an example. You know, if you were give you the this name of this character called Samson, okay, if Samson, what what's the first thing that comes to your mind? You know, what, a very muscle guy, Jewish Arnold Schwarzenegger, Right? Even if it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger guy, this huge muscular guy, do you think he can strike down 1,000 men with a donkey bone? No, it's not possible. Right? In fact, the Bible didn't mention about Samson being, being, being strong and muscular, it just mentioned about his hair. Right? But yet, only with the power of the Holy Spirit, and then he struck down 1,000 men. You, see, you look at Acts chapter 4, you know, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, then they were astonished and they took note that this man had been with Jesus. It is the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit that will enable you to be His witness, an effective one. Right? So I just want to share this. This is amazing. I mean, it's just so so real to me. You know, it's this simple picture talks about Charlie Connors. I love you so much that I left the glory of heaven and went to earth to be beaten for you, to be spit upon and cursed for you and executed for you. What more could I have done? And the person says, I do not know that, Lord. You know, but Charlie, on 7 April 1992, you were told that I was the only way to heaven and you laughed. You see, so God knows 
when the gospel is being preached to someone, he knows the details of it. And all you got to do is to just be out there and be his witness, his faithful witness. So working with purpose, you know, this is just another example where I'm at work. You know, some of you know that I work in the healthcare industry. And, uh, you know, especially in COVID-19, you know, wow, the workflows are just just chaos, you know, so many new things happening, so much added stress, and you've got difficult colleagues that are just point finding, and all this stuff that went through for a series of months, and there's this lady, you know, she's a Muslim lady, right, just joined us recently from another hospital, and they come and help, and, uh, you know, she saw all this that was happening to me, you know, people are shouting at me, and all this stuff that, that in the midst of all these workflow changes, you know, it's so easy to retaliate back, but then, what does the Bible say? We're supposed to pray for our enemies, right? You know, is it real to have enemies in the workplace? Well, sometimes it's, they are difficult colleagues, right? Some of you will probably identify with me. So I shared with her about the dependence of God, you know, His comfort, His strength, and how are we supposed to be a blessing to other people? So I remember this was in Haraya, and then I was just trying to just bless her with two cookies, you know. And then she was so touched, you know, she was so encouraged by my faith. And said, wow, Wallace, you know, despite of all this, you're still able to be a blessing to people? How is it possible? And then I pointed out, can only be possible from the comfort of Christ, from the love of Christ. And then she got it. She's like, wow, you know. She was out of, out of the appreciation. She just wrote me this note and she started to pass me another two cookies. And it's quite nice. Cookies are amazing. It's delicious, you know. And then I reach out to her and I have a lot of deep conversations with her. So in this way, you know, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So being an effective witness can take place anywhere, you see. So, next application point is, are you equipped with the Word of God? Are you willing to be close to people? Are you empowered by the Holy Spirit? Now, coming on to my fourth point. Well, this is just something that's so practical, you see. Look at Philip. You see, from the passage in, in, in the Scriptures, right, we see that Philip talks to this utopian guy, a Gentile, you nudge, it's like, it's like, there's no limit on who the person is or whoever the person. So, in our modern context now, it can be a Prime Minister, can be a cabinet minister, principal, colleague, cleaner, Filipinos, anyone or whoever the person. And so Paul makes it very clear, I've become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. First Corinthians 9 by all possible means. You see the heart of Paul. He's like, in any means possible, I'll just reach out to people. So I'm just going to give you an example. I remember delivery for purpose. Well, this is so fresh to me. So I like to use very recent examples, not just you know, some of this even in the month COVID period, you know, it's just July. And uh, you know, my wife was like trying labor and you know, we eventually we opted for epidural and then this anesthetist guy came. Yeah, he did he did an amazing job, you know, and, and then he mentioned something about I'm like super OCD, I'm super neat, you know, so just just bear in me all these things. So she patched up nicely and then my wife was having a rest and I just went out and just talked to him and I said, oh wow, you're this super neat guy, so am I, you know. So we talked about, you know, neatness and then our colleagues' interaction and somehow, you know, somehow it's like it leads to this term called, you know, oh, when I serve my colleagues, it's a servant leadership, servant leader. I said, wow, you're a Christian? He said, yeah, I am, you know. So we begin to talk. And he used to be a Christian, right? And he stopped attending church. And now he's like disillusioned by so-called behaviors of Christians, you see. So so I share with him, you know, you need to know the whole gospel. You need to know that evidence of salvation is Christ. In Christ, you're a new creation. So I, I started to tell him, you know, about bearing fruits, John 15. And he asked me, how do I have a direct relationship with God? He says, you do it through the word of God. And you have this, this amazing doctrine of regeneration. So I was just telling him, you know, all these points and points in the middle of the whole delivery process, you know. And then uh, he, he was so touched. He was so 
thankful for that kind of conversation. I remember after delivery, and there we are, you know, our beautiful baby Ileana was just nicely delivered. Yeah, after wow, well, twelve hours of labor, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, and then after the whole delivery, I went to even talk to him, even on the phone, and he was so thankful. And uh, amazing thing is that he's even a friend of my cell leader. So it's like wow, what a coincidence. And and it is possible. So you see, whoever the person. Secondly, wherever the location, you know, so in this case, in scripture, it's like wilderness, desert road, you know, some ulu corner. In our modern context, it can be anywhere, bus stops, MRT stations, your shopping centers, petrol stations. I remember I was driving my car for car wash and I just used the opportunity to talk to this this uh, this Indian uh, Indian worker you know, who was just washing my car and I just reached out to him. So it is possible, same thing as Paul has preached, I become all things through all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. Wow. I'm, I know, I know there's COVID-19, there's restrictions in your, in your interactions with people, but hey, now we've got a small group gathering, we can still meet and we can talk with a distance, with masks on, you know, it is possible with precautions, okay? With precautions. I'm going to give you an example. So in our postnatal visit, uh, it's probably 9 July, Right, so we brought a baby and uh, approached this consultant to ask for some help. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing. And then we begin to talk and then we realized that she was actually, she used to attend a Catholic church. And now recently attended a church in Yishun. And single mother with three daughters, uh, went through very difficult marriage you know, for my husband. Yeah, very difficult moment. So from there, I just shared, you know, how God is a father to the fathers. And then we, we, we asked for permission. And in this enclosed room, we said, can we pray for you? So me and my wife, we just stretch our hands and we start to pray. And it's amazing. The Holy Spirit touched her and she was just weeping, you know. And she was like thanking us. Thank you for speaking to me, you know, the Word of God. And I was like, thank you for your advice on 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 on, on, on what it is, you know, to to uh, help, help our daughter. So it's like she was so touched and the tears were flowing. And I remember at that moment, it was such a divine appointment. So it is possible. It is possible. And then nextly is that whatever the means, you see. So for Philip, it's like he doesn't limit God in a box. You know? He used to have an amazing ministry. Now it's like, go to the chair. Okay, it's not a synagogue. It's not a large gathering. Okay, that's also possible. So whatever the means, whatever the means. Right? Before that, before COVID, I was like rollerblading. I was like doing street evangelism. But now probably it's limited. So I started to friendship. And uh, when people come to visit our house, we start to reach out. So I'll give you an example, especially in the workplace. The workplace is amazing, you know, your colleagues are just like, like mission field, you know, when you go there every single day. So there's this young adult, just recently employed, planning to get married. So, you know, I was doing night shifts, right? So the first time I was just telling her, and all the contacts about Reno, uh, bridal studio, food caterer, and then all that, that stuff, you know. Then the second night, and then I begin to ask her, remember, you know, it is the marriage that's more important than the wedding. And so I begin to share about Christ being the center of our, of our marriage and how does God lead me to my wife and, and God being the source of love. So I talked about, oh no, have you watched this, this movie called Fireproof? It's amazing, you know? So I gave her the link and I gave her like a picture of our marriage resolution of how Christ is the center, what's the role of a husband, role of a wife. And, 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 and she's just listening and she's like, wow, okay. She's open to listen more. And so that reminds me of scriptures, you know, let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. So when you work, is your colleagues a mission field? Wow, that's amazing. So the fourth application, right? Whoever the person, wherever the location, whatever the means. In my ending few slides, I'm just going to share this, uh, this, this. That's the purpose. That's the whole vision that God has given me. If every part of Singapore is being reached out, can Singapore be safe? Yes, it is possible. It is possible. Without God, without a vision of God in our lives, we will lose focus. 
Alright, so just a few more comments that I want to make that you are actually a missionary. Every safe person is a missionary, right? Every unsafe person is a mission field. So it comes to a point where it's not about the harvest field, it's the harvest force. The harvest force is something wrong with it. You know? The harvest is plentiful, the workers are few, right? And we are all rescued to be a rescuer. And now I come to a very important slide, right? In our closure. You see this picture over here, you know? So everybody is so interested how to be safe from the coronavirus. Coronavirus is coming, how to be safe. So you've got a huge queue of people trying to find out what kind of masks, what kind of hand sanitizers, what to do, what not to do. But what about the right-hand side? Jesus is coming, how to be safe? Who's going to talk to them about it? Isn't that even more important, your salvation, when Christ is returning? We all know that Christ is returning. It's getting closer and closer and closer. So I remember many years ago, right from the start of the ministry, yeah, God spoke to me, you know. God spoke to me at a time when night is coming, when no work can be done. John 9, 4, John 9 chapter 4, so as long as it's day, we must do the works of Him who sent me. Night is coming when no work can be done. Wow, you see, I was just enjoying the sun, the sunset. Suddenly, the sunset was just gone, you know. And then this word came to me and said, the time is running short. You see, church, before COVID, we've got so many opportunities to reach out. Now with COVID, it just shrinks and shrinks, you know. So before COVID, there's so many things I can do. I can just rollerblade, I can do house to house. You know, even from a wedding, you know, two years ago, we just massively opened, you know, it's a massive evangelistic wedding. We preached the gospel, people came forward and responded. We lay hands and we start to start, start, start to pray for them, you know. All these things are possible. But now with COVID-19, the door is closing, just like Noah, Noah's Ark, right? The door is shutting. Will you take the opportunity to reach out? before it's too late. So Romans 10 talks about, you know, if people don't hear, how can they believe, right? If someone doesn't go forth and preach to them, how can they hear? And if they're not sent, how can the message of the gospel be preached? The question I'm looking at you, church, Isaiah 6 here, am I send me, you know? Yeah, send me, yes, and missions, you know, this is about, you know, August is like your evangelistic, man, your missions, man. So what's mission? The whole team of missions is just to know him, and make him known. And I leave you with this thought, a very thought-provoking thought, but I hope it stays with you, is that my Savior did not die such a public death for you to have a private faith. My Savior did not die such a public death for you to have a private faith. So in my summary slides over here, so I've written down, you can take a picture of this in your homes, in your TVs, you know, but really take this application point seriously. And as you go through, remember how God's Word is going to be effective in transforming you. It only starts with that single step of obedience. In desiring to be empowered, desiring to be close to people, desiring to be equipped, and yet not putting God in that, not putting God in any box. Any possible means is possible. Whoever the person, wherever the location, whatever the means. Remember, no obstacle can stop God from reaching out to the person. The hand of God is never too short to save. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to release your word to the congregation in Amokyo Methodist Church. May they take the word and may it do a transformation in their inner hearts that the word of God pierces their heart, their soul, and that they will be effectively challenged and the Holy Spirit will transform their heart. For those of them who are still examining the evidence of salvation, Lord, I pray that you would transform their heart to know, to really know their desire is to follow Christ and to go forth and bring about a full repentance so that they will indeed be followers and disciples of Jesus. And then on, they will take evangelism seriously and they will bring the gospel out to the people around them. Even despite of COVID-19, 
uh, the whole pandemic, God, you are still at work. May you empower the people. May you give them the words to speak, but only if you send them out. So I just pray the word of God will encourage them and bring forth the truth that they need to hear in such a time like this. I pray and give thanks to you in Jesus' name. Amen.